On this week's episode of Pivotal Moments Podcast, CJ Finley with Thrive On Life comes to the studio and drops some incredible knowledge bombs. He shares some impactful stories about his upbringing in New Jersey. CJ is one of the most energetic, fired up, laser-focused people we've ever had in the studio. You don't want to miss out. CJ. Hello. Yeah. So we got Pivotal Moments Podcast here, and I say that you are an ideal guest, thankfully. You know, sometimes I think uh, we got ideal guests on and, and kind of beat the marks a little bit. No, I know that a guy like you is exactly what we're looking for. So yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah, and well, I'll explain why. Yeah, I was going to this first question. I was yeah. like, well, why is that? Yeah, yeah. well, I want, I think, if I were to sum it up in one word, it's energy. Okay? It's energy. It's a certain type of energy. So you, yeah, you're, you're jiving. You know, you know what I'm talking about. Um, probably people probably in your compliment about that often. You see, you are creating a, an environment uh, that's that's aimed towards what well, I would say the masses in due time. Yeah, you're creating an environment to impact the masses, uh, and it's full of nothing but positive. And can I do what you want? So thank you so much for. I appreciate that. Yeah, I haven't said like any podcast I'm on. I'm just grateful for the opportunity. Time is an invaluable thing you have on earth. So you're willing to share an hour and chop it up with me and believe in me to provide some value for your audience means a lot to me. It's kidding. Yeah, let's do it. Thanks, man. Um, so we got to talk, got to dive a little bit in your story because it doesn't happen overnight where somebody becomes person that is you it takes develop it takes work it takes grit all the things we're going to dive a little bit into that uh and hopefully through storytelling impact people that are listening to this everybody's got something to draw so let's forget that let's throw away first of all where do you even where'd you start where do you grow up so i was born outside of philadelphia I'm not going to go that way back. Um, I grew up in Burlington, New Jersey. I went to Rutgers University, got my engineering degree, did the normal path. I would say that a lot of people do and go and sit at a desk that lasted 11 months uh, and then ended up in Houston, Texas because I followed a girl that I had a crush on since I was 10 years old. She's now my wife and now we live here in Austin, Texas. But it, it all started, I would say, in a small suburb called Burlington, New Jersey. Good. Nice. New Jersey, it's that it's underrated state. They call them guard state for a reason. It's actually really nice. It has its nice aspects. I'll give it that. I'll give it outer door. Yeah. It's, it's more like, it's not at the places. It's, I had to leave because of the general. So you, you said positivity when you use the characteristic for me. It just generally was a positive experience for me. So I was seeking more. Now, what it did give me is you also mentioned what, what I believe to be my core values is grit, East Coast grit. Um, I think I don't know, I'm really big into the health and wellness aspect of life. And I think that the mindset there started as 
like work really hard. Like it, let's go like way back. I'm really into like history and how things work, uh, really with engineering. And if we were to think about like why people operate there, it's at a lot of immigration come into New York, Philly, and they build roots there. And then you just have generations of family that have never really left the East coast. And they have this like gritty work hard mindset, but because they haven't really seen much. And again, I'm making generalizations here and anybody listening to this, this is a generalization because somebody's got to call me out for that. Not everybody is like that. And a lot of people are amazing on the East coast, but just generally the vibe there isn't the same as other places that I've experienced on earth. Now, once I hit the Austin, Texas, I had to put two or two together and realize, well, East Coast also has weather where it's cold and dark for six to nine months, depending on where you're at. And when you couple that kind of like gritty, I need to work hard, I'm going to push you down to raise myself up with six to nine months of cold and dark, you don't like the end result isn't going to be super positive, outgoing people who want to be outside, do all the fun things again, generalization, but I know the stark difference of living here in Austin, where there's a ton of positive people who came here to make an impact and be outside and promote a healthy lifestyle. And then I go back to the East coast and it's kind of like the same heavy drinking sea. And yeah, that was, that was one of the reasons that I had to get out. It was just like the lifestyle was not aligned with what I like to do and who I wanted to become more so. What was it like your household uh, throughout your adolescence? So I think if I were to like describe it, old school, like that is how the easiest way to say what I got to, to get good grades, work hard, be kind. Uh, the the beauty of my parents and I love my parents. They let I'm a black sheep and they allowed enough of that and supported enough of that for me to be my own man, as I would say. And I saw with a lot of other people like that wasn't the case, but I did still feel like there was a lot of options that I could have taken if I would have just been in a different environment. Uh, it was just like all I did, like I didn't, I didn't know the word entrepreneurship. It was never said. Not one time, not a single time <laughs> that now I was the last, it's interesting because I'm 32 years old. I was the last generation where we did have smartphones at high school. We just had flip phones that I had a text and all that I could do. So I couldn't see outside of where I lived. So if I went back, it'd be interesting if like you flip the timetables and like I was in high school now and you could see other things like who would that be? And I, I have no idea as you could see outside of your little skill, but all I knew was you're good at math and science, you're going to college for whenever you're good at in, in high school. I'd like, you don't really think outside of that. What characteristics would you give your, your life in general growing up? Uh, how would you live? And then go all the way back here. It kind of, it's kind of similar to how I am now, uh, just in a different flavor. I would say I, I'm super gritty. I was diminutive growing up. I wasn't even other pals going to high school. Was bullied um, a bit. Fortunately, I could hold my own. So, like, I 
became friends with people who were like almost protect me, but they would bully other people. Uh, but it was just like, again, a gritty environment where I just worked hard to get good grades. I was a four sport athlete. I was the captain of my high school team for soccer. I went like college, college soccer. My life really was just like, wake up, think about sports. Just like I would say, a lot of other male teams out there think about sports, girls. I watched the late show. I watched the ESPN. Um, I didn't play video games until like they had. Uh, I'm a big community guy. Heads and like when I think back, we put a projection screen in my basement and we had rock band and guitar hero and what we could play community type of video games that's that's what i did but i wouldn't sit there and play alone i was always outside uh, i'd bmx skateboard snowboard play or hockey did a lot of like extreme type of stuff um and i also was an entrepreneur when i was a young kid i was babysitting shoveling snow uh mowing grass i had saved up probably like can't remember the exact numbers, but like five or 10 K before I like interned 18 and all my friends were like, why aren't you getting a job? And it was interesting. I got pressured into getting my first job at Hollister when I turned 18 and I quit three weeks later because I started putting two it together. I was like, why am I getting, why am I doing this for like seven bucks an hour when I make more money in cash, like doing these odd other things creatively. But again, I had no idea what I was doing. I just was like, all right, what's the fastest way to make better cash with less input babysit or tutor or i ended up being a, a busser at a country club and talk about like four hours they walk out with a hundred dollars and all i had to do was like pick up plates and like listen to people talk about their businesses and other shit so it's it's an interesting upbringing reflecting on my uh, high school experience money wasn't really talked about all that much and peers. So I'd say that's a coming to be at would you say how we necessarily said like we didn't talk about money, but it was just assumed that you would go and get a job at like at Acme or Wawa, which was a gas station, or my buddies worked at Durer King. From familiar pressure. Just like that's what people did. That's what he's with. We're just in, like during our off seasons. Yeah, or it's, they would go and get like a side gig. I think a lot of it was just like I lived in heavenly middle class. So you, if you wanted something, you had to work for it. Yeah. But things were cheap enough where like if you went and got a little job, like you could go to the mall and get your amber copy and Fitch clothes. Like my parents were gonna buy that shit. So maybe for me it was more sports driven. It was uh, I wanted two hundred dollar dates. Mom, dad are not going to pay for that. So how do I, how do I pay for that? Then I, as I got older, it was like, and I hate to say it, but alcohol and other things. And I had to figure out how to pay for those things. So I would let go get a job. And that's when I worked at, again, I was doing entrepreneurial things and I needed to know it. I would got a job at Panera Bread. The advantage of working at Panera Bread is I threw the food out of bed at the night, every single night. So what you could do is work there. You can take whatever you want. So I would quit the shit in boxes and then I would bring it to all the parties that I was going to and I would just trade them and be like hey like uh I'll trade you a 30 for a 30 pack I'll bring all food for this heart yeah and like yeah that's the type of stuff that I was <laughs> getting into that commerce yeah <laughs> yeah that's fun yeah okay okay yeah so you're so you're, you're well here's what what flesh well mine talking about 
What about your relationship with your parents? So, when I was a kid, the relationship that I had was, again, I would, I would say very old school. My dad was, or, or the family, my mom, took care of me and my brother. So, just you, you'll see my brother. Okay. So, she would take us all the sports and practices. Uh, my dad made sure that those who didn't on table close our backs and... They did a they did a great job at those those two roles. But when I say old school, I think it was just like the communication is hundred percent lacking, which I would say any nineties kid is most likely gonna say that. There's no like out mental health outlets or there was just a huge disconnect of what, what I was going through in my life and what they thought was going on in my life. And there really wasn't outside of like love from my dad of him providing and love from my mom for her being there. There wasn't much connection. And I'm actually a lot more connected with my parents than how I think because one, I'm an adult. I can speak to certain things that they that I could speak to when I was younger. But that too, just the ability to kind of understand their lives a little bit. I think, again, going back to old school and the lack of, they didn't have the internet either, like what to look up or how to kind of optimize or effectively parent certain, a certain type of kid. Like I'm very rambunctious and out there and energy. And I was this like big fish at a small pond that I shouldn't, I should have been kind of doing other things. Um, and I was kind of, showcasing that but there was just no there's no way for them to know that back then so it was it's more so we have a great relationship nowadays because i can speak to that and communicate this is what i think this is who i am and then also asking questions of like you know ask when i see them just like what was your childhood like how are you raised like what makes them tick so then i got pieced together like why they acted a certain way when I was young or a teenager or in my early 20s to piece it together because it's indeed a puzzle to solve. Yeah, it's I'm interested in why did you act that certain way 10 or 20 years ago so I can understand you more. Yeah. And now that I can ask that question, they can be like, oh, well, this is how I thought or this is, and then it makes much more sense. It's rather than a story I made up in my head when I was younger. First of all, what a wonderful opportunity it is to be able to do that, to get that understanding. Not everybody has that opportunity. So when it capitalized, it's amazing. And what did it do to you when you didn't have that connection with your family, the one that you might have needed? What did that do to you? Great questions. See, there's always like, I don't, this is why I, People say, like, and I'll regret anything because it brought me to where I'm at. Yeah. Yes, yeah. To put a fire at me. It was like, again, I mentioned I'm a black sheep. Nobody understood me. So my my mindset was, I'm just going to work so hard that I can leave. And like, all was like, I'm going to leave and just show. And that's what I did. 
intimately. Yeah, yeah, and that's that sounds look I can way up makes all sounds like aggressive, perhaps. Is it? Was it? Was it anger treatment? Was it frustration? Question I have for you. Yeah, it is yeah. Do you believe there's a difference between aggressive and angry? Totally. Is aggressive being aggressive bad? No, doesn't not all kissed. It's sports scary. Yeah. So I think in today's world we get a lot of people being aggressive in the right way is a male trait. Well, I just want to clarify. Like what exactly would the drive to Yeah, yeah. So that's you know, that's what I get to okay. like, being aggressive is a male trait. Like if we were aggressive, we wouldn't hunt. And the whole tribe would be ooh. So the, the problem I was having, and I think a lot of other young men have out there, you don't know what to hunt. Like, do you have all these feelings inside you? And you're told to sit at a desk and learn this shit. And I'm just like, none of this, like, I'm, I'm in class. Like, this this is what my mind would have to deal with. Like, I would get in trouble because I'd be in class. And I would literally, like, be like, this is fucking point. Like, why are I here? What are we doing here? Because... Uh, you would you would voice that? Yeah, you would voice that. I, because a lot of times, like, I would get a good grade and then I would go to sleep in class. And I'd be like, why the hell am I here if I'm just sleeping? But again, you could have grades to, to pass, quote unquote. So I'd be like, I can't go outside. You won't let me go, like, go do shit. I'm old enough to do something. Like, when you're, when you're a young man in today's society, like, when you're 14, 15, 16 years old, 100, 200 years ago, you were using your body. You were fucking working. You were using your body for what it was meant for. Today, you're told to sit at a desk, and then they say, you have ADHD, and we're ready to give you medicine. When you have all these raging hormones, when you should be out building and solving problems and adventuring and, and traveling the world and doing different things, like, but we coddle kids. We're like, you're 14, 15, you're still a kid. When the reality is, you're not, like... Your, your mind and what you're capable of is of a young adult, but you're told that you got to be put in this box and like, you got to wait four more years, three more years, two more years to get your degree. Then you can go on, go into another system rather than what you want to do. So for me, it created this hunger of, I, I, I mean, I knew the reality. It was like, I'm in a small town. I don't want to be here. I, I really I originally wanted to go to Penn State. I wanted to like leave New Jersey and I couldn't afford it. So I had to go to Rutgers. I got a full scholarship academic to go to Rutgers. I played soccer. And then and there I knew that eventually like I would I would leave. And when I got out of college, I signed a job contract in Nashville. And like that was the first step to me being like, there's a lot of art to to this world and like I wanna go do it on my own. And I'm gonna show like what I want to do and who I would be and I want to leave out of just like a phoenix. I'm going to just peace. Well, so it, wasn't, it wasn't like that drive or that, that I'm going to show you that figure point you or should it wasn't towards your family per se. It was just like the life style. The environment. It was like, I'm going to show you to fire it was somewhat towards my. It was somewhat towards my. There's a small piece of the yes, because yeah, I have always been somebody that, and again, like the positive, like I see the highest potential in people. 
And it infuriated me that we almost lived in a small town in New Jersey. Like we didn't really, like we went on vacations, but there, there's just so much more of life we could have been doing. And I saw that. And they had lived, in, my parents, like a lot of them began, but they they lived on the, the East Coast for a very long time. And like they grew up in Philly and they never, they never left that. Now they live in North Carolina. They travel like the, again, this is where we're building a better relationship. We're helping each other grow. But back then it was just like, I wanted to live and life was not 25 square mile thing. And I felt like I was getting trapped in, in that mentality. And, um, so it was a little bit, not to show you in an aggressive way of like, put you down. It wasn't like that. It was like, I'm going to show you in a sense that you're going to be like, damn, maybe I want to join. Oh, that's pull of life off. And oh, yeah. warm. oh, what's that? Yeah. Uh, discovery. Right. Yeah. And then I want to pull you into it. And if you don't get pulled into it, then like, I was taking out, like you, you help me become who I'm going to be. And unfortunately, like at, my brother is, is crushing North Carolina. My parents just, moved down there a few years ago. So everything is moving in a direction where they're kind of opening their eyes to what the next stage of their life is. Uh, my brother like wants to be a homesteader. He like wants to fucking like gardens and farms and like, yeah, he does some cool shit. So it's just like, and it's funny we're on this topic because having a younger brother, anybody else listening out there, being an older brother is tough because you don't, when you're young, you don't know how to communicate that, what you're trying to tell them is out of your field of failures. Mm-hmm. So like when I would communicate to my brother and never really said, I couldn't like communicate, like I'm trying to help you because like I failed in these areas and I want you to avoid the same thing. And then we would get fights because he's like, I don't want to do what you want to do. I don't, blah, 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 blah. And, and when I, we got older in our twenties, I was like, if there's one thing that you can do, they ever listen to me about, I was like, please just leave, like pick a new city and just like, go you can always come back and the cool thing is like two two years after he graduated he went with the charlotte so uh yeah where you go to school you know it's a rocker standard yeah you have fun yeah i had a lot of fun it was a little harsh i had a lot of fun in, in college i think uh a little too much fun i think if i went back i would have like i don't drink anymore um I'm two years alcohol free and I, it was like, again, no regrets. Um, I got my first job because I was in a fraternity and go to a party at this one fraternity that the guy uh, interviewed me. So networking is a huge thing and the party helped me at that arena, but I wish I didn't indulge as much. I wish I would have, like, again, I think we're entrepreneurship. If I could go back to college right now. I would have an asset. I would be at every entrepreneurial event. I would be doing all that. And I'd be networking, communicating, I'd be hosting at library, reading. Yeah. Like awesome. Leading groups of like worthy of this. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I'd also like, I'm not going to be like, I would still be the person at the parties. I just wouldn't. I wouldn't be the version of who I was. No more potential there. Hires. I didn't have any, but I had no wedding guide. Or is that, it was just like, I'm, I'm going to leave it to my vice. So you drink one or two drinks and then you drink 10. <laughs> as soon as you have the water too, it was like, ah, oh, puppy. I'm going to have seven more. But if I had like some purpose toward, towards of like, 
it would have been way more intentional what I was doing at any given moment. Gary, can you hear me? Well, was like, uh, by the way, you got some catching up to do. It's not well. Not well. It's because of the, what we were uh, programmed to do. Is so, right? The top bit about our school system they don't know anything about credit or anything like that we can go down that route all the way you, you, you're, you're passionate about you're smart because you're trying to hold back <laughs> what, what's going on respond overreact I guess it stopped me that so if there's one thing in life you know I mean you can use this in any any avenue we're talking parents right mm-hmm. they used to react they would scold me I'd react uh Something I try to do in my life, especially as I'm a new father, is anything that happens to me, respond rather than be react. So how do I will respond to that? So to the point of catching up, if you view life as, I think it's a two-prong. It's right where I need to be. I'm far from who I, who I want to become. Yeah. So when you look at it like that, we all have a lot of answers to the person we want to become. I would write, I'm sitting in the chair for a reason. I'm, I'm here for a reason. And it's everything I've done in my past is giving me the opportunity to be in this chair. But I am cognizant of every choice I make moving forward is either a step in the direction who I, I want to be on or a step away from that person. And you just simply dial life into that. No matter how old you are, you're going to live a wonderful life. Because like, let's take my parents, for instance. They're going to be going into their seventies in the next, that's the next decade that they're approaching. If they say to themselves, well, I only have such and such time left. Okay. That last one is hanging out, chill, do nothing. Or they could say, you know what? I only have so much time left. So I want to, I want to make it worth it. What does that look like? So you could do it that, or if you're a teenager right now, you can do what I didn't do and say, I'm going to college. What will make these warriors the most worth it when I come out? Because it's going to go blink and hide. Or you could just lean into what what makes you feel good today. I'll worry about tomorrow. You don't want to do that because when you do that, four years go by so quick, and then you look back and you're just like, I did not. T- I was not intentional at my time. Yeah. So let's help the people. Okay. How like how they get their consciousness. One thing that they could do today, start to on go back so they're not killing them. So without looking back at their confidence. So when you're younger, it's tough because everybody wants to tell you to be, and I'm not going to be that or sorry, like I tell you that there is a blueprint. The best thing that you can do is understand time. Okay, and someone's going to say, how? How do you understand time? Ooh. Well, first step is, yeah, you're going to die. Ooh. You don't know when, you don't know how, but you're going to die. So if you think like that, okay, my time on earth is fighting. There's people that have been on this earth hundreds of thousands of years prior to me, and as long as the earth doesn't die, they're going to be that many after me. I'm this one little speck. So you zoom out. First thing. So you understand time and that 
anything you do in this little moment in the reality doesn't really matter. So what did that do? That takes the pressure off of having to like figure it out right now. Or like no matter what I do right now, you sound really in a bad. Don't kill anybody. Don't kill yourself. Don't do anything really fucking stupid. It's just not going to matter. So take that pressure off yourself. Then you start saying, well, if the average person lives until, say, we're male, right? So it's around 8, 78. I'm 32. Do the math there. Let's just make it rounded. I got 40 more years. Anything worthwhile that you want to do in your life takes about five years. I mean, heck, you want to have a kid. You got to first, however many months you're trying, and then 10 months to even have a child. And then five years before they even can really talk to you like a little human being, like really understand, right? So five years for like anything that's worth your time, your salt that you're putting into this. Children, 100% worth every minute. I was eight months old and it's amazing. Some other things I did in my life, not so worth it, but I did come from the lens of If I worked on this for five years, 10 years, 20 years, what would that mean? Is it worth my time? A lot of people are just doing it day by day. So they don't, they don't take a step back and look at a eagle-eyed view of time of like, okay, we take a deep breath. I don't have to save the world today. But if I got on a whiteboard and I broke my life into five-year chunks, what would be worth my time? What does that look like? So some people will break it down into like, I want to get really good at sport, or I want to get really good at this instrument, or I want to be CEO of this company. Well, you're not going to be CEO of a conglomerate company overnight. It's going to take you 20 years. Is that worth your time for 20 years? Or you could be CEO of tomorrow by making your own and building that out. There's so many ways to life. There's seven, over 7 billion people on earth. When you think about that, you have that eagle-eyed, you're like, oh, I can do anything. But see, this is the trick. Because you can do everything, people try to do everything. This quote is, you can do anything, but you can't do everything. And that's where the five years comes in. Then you have to decide. You have to say no to things. And I want to end right here with, and you're going to ask, like, well, how do you say no? So I just told you how to take the eagle-eyed view and be like, well, here's the things I love. Here's the people I want to be. Here's the environments I want to be in. And these five-year increments. There's still going to be a lot of shit that gets thrown on me that I'm going to want to do. How do I say no to it? The last thing is you have to decipher the difference between like and love. I like a lot of different things. I like this so but if you said you can't have another one of these for the rest of your life, I'd be okay with it. But there's certain things in your life that you love that you don't want to be without. And you have to decide that. And the way to break that down is your career, your relationships, not just with other people, but with yourself. Your hobbies, things you love to do, right? What do you want your great day to look like? And then that way you understand, well, I'm going to have to say no to a lot of things that I like to do because I love these few things. And I'm willing to sacrifice five-year increments to, to really enjoy them. And I think in social media world and technology world, so many people are so depressed and anxious and overwhelmed because they haven't been able to break down. What do they really love? And they're just so over-consumed with the dopamine and the stuff they like. 
And I think they have to say the world today because on social media, it says you need to be a millionaire by 30. That's sweet fucking bullshit. Is five years a arbitrary number that you chose? Is five years scientifically backed? There's a lot of research done on it and a couple other people that like mentioned five years. Um, but for me, I just looked at my life. I also, we might have people here that are in college and you go to college for four years. So a lot of people live in college. They understand what it feels like for four years. You also, they go to college with high school. So you know what four years feels like and you understand that anything that's worthwhile takes a bit of time. Just time. It takes time. Yeah, from my career to really kind of like some momentum. It could be sad. You, you could want to be a doctor. You want to be a lawyer. Like, but it ain't going to happen in year one when you're a freshman. Right. And it's definitely not going to happen in year two when you're a sophomore. But you do year three, year four, year five, people start becoming who they were and who they thought they were trying to become when they first started in that first year. And that's where we just have to give ourselves more grace. We also have to understand you live a finite life. So you can't do everything. Like you can do anything you set your mind to, but you can't do everything. Here's a thought. So that made me help to do. Is this the act? Either. Let's say you could as a man self your baby. And it's a lot of people do this five year planning, one year planning. Right, the goal setting stuff like that, but I don't think people actually all that often plan their time. You know, have you ever read your own obituary? I would start there. There, it's a great exercise. You, yeah, yeah. And it's been prompted to be a couple of times, but I uh, the way that I've responded in a different group set of groups of setting that I've been asked to do it is to say. Uh, I don't want anybody to read anything for me. I want them to press play. So one of the reasons I shoot so much content is because I want to show my life with all the other people. Mm. So whenever that time is, instead of you reading about so great man, because okay, I did some great things, but I did a lot of shitty things too. But if you press play around all the people and experiences and things like that, that's what life is worth. Not some words on a piece of paper. It's like those experiences with other people that they had in those moments where you like, I'll call up some of my friends and be like, you remember this time? And for that split second, everything in the world just stops because both of you were just thinking about that one moment of time that you both shared together and nobody else will ever get it. How special is that? You have it with your mom, your dad, if you're lucky, parents are still around, your siblings, your best friends. Those moments are fleeting, but they're always with you. And if you can record more of those moments to look back on, I found that it's so fulfilling. And that's why I do podcasts and shoot content and do all that stuff. And you can make that your wide. And I don't want to put that writers. If you're a great writer, a storyteller, like write a book, keep notes. And my fashion is audio and video. I've been playing you life. Your whole life. We just did, my my wife and I the other day, we did a 25-year plan. Um, so what's that put us at? Put us at 57. So we backtracked from 57. 
Uh, I struggle to go any further than that just because I think I know who I'm going to be at that point. I don't know where and how life will look. A lot of it is, I mean, I've seen technology change so much since I was, we were talking since my youth. Yes. Actually, there's a lot I can't plan for, but I strive for who I want to be at those ages rather than what is my life. And that's what we're working towards every day. So at 50, 60, 70, like I'm going to be running, I'm if I'm 80 years old, I'm running marathons. Like that. That's who I'm going to be. Where it'll be, what it'll look like, I don't know. What do you bro your 25 year plan out? Uh, did you, is there anything special about that process? Or just get a blank piece of paper or write it down? And what do you do with it? Well, how else to do it? Okay. I could, t- I could speak to how I do it, but I never want to like impose on people like this is the way you should. Yes. Creatively, you know how to, how to handle your own life and like what that looks like. But for me, I like to whiteboard. And the reason I like to whiteboard is because it teaches you that your head gets too small. So when you go up and you put 25 years and you start writing things down, you're just like, that it? Is that all I really care about? doing for the next 25 years because yeah you can go on this web and you be like i want to i want to travel the world i can book this again right now i want to have three kids oh we can we can do that i have a warrior anna to the airs but we're this so you start being like shit i need to think bigger i i mean i almost don't want to know what it looks like because that means I'm not reaching my potential if I know what it looks like. So you start going through all these like mental models of like, okay, well, what are the must-haves? And for me, it's like time freedom and flexibility because I want to be there for my kids and, and experience things that there is experience in life. Yeah. Okay, how do I get the time flexibility and freedom? What do I have to invest my time into now to earn that? You, know, you start breaking it down like career, hobbies, the things that you're doing to that earn you that. But as soon as you see how logical it is, you're just like, man, I need to start thinking illogical. Like, what's something crazy that I can, that I want to do? Like, what's something just like that I want to do just because I want to do it? Yeah. Right? I, I feel like we've gone away from that. What's one thing you want to do is you just want to do it? I mean, tomorrow I'm going to buy a boat. Oh, yeah. I had, I had no idea. I'm going to just go to archery country and be like, yeah. a bunch of my buddies that watch fitness are learning how to shoot bows and, and they have this course where you like work out and shoot your bow. So you're like, try to shoot the bow after you did a workout. Yeah. It's like higher stress. And the reason I'll do it is like, I need a hobby. I, I want to invest more hobbies that teach, like that teaches flow state of focus. When I show, that's not like a struggle. Yeah. I'm very good with people because I'm, I'll be able to bounce around and do all that stuff. Yeah. But to sit there and focus and like greed, that's that's tough for me. So like what's a hobby that could help me there? Another one that I want to do is I want to learn how to do a choreographed hip hop dance. Because I like work out a lot, I'm like very like stiff sometimes. So like hip hop dance is like the opposite. So why not learn how to do that? Do you train a trainer for hip hop dance? Yeah. You got you know how to hip hop dance? No. Edit <laughs> we're trying to edit. <laughs> At Ballet, at Ballet Austin. That's, oh, where, that was, uh, that's where we were going uh, yeah. a few years back. So, yeah, but I'd love to connect with Ashley. And the last thing is, like, learn how to manage, like, probably guitar. I would love to learn how to manage. Who's here? Yeah. Yeah. So those are just, like, 
you start realizing like when you write up of this board, you're just like, actually, I care more about the bow and the acoustic the guitar <laughs> than the oh, SIA. So. Then I do about like F57 have a $10 million in bag account. And that's what I found. Yeah, don't want to like where it shows me that. It's like, well, yeah, this is all cool with like, what, what is it like to be here? The whole funeral whiteboard to see how small your thinking is notion. Did you pull that from Jesse Eichler at all? It's or no? It's or because he he's got a whiteboard that's an a wall. That's sick. That's a goal. It's like ass out. It's like yeah, it's this whole freaking wall. But he also uh, puts out the, the, the mass count. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It has to be a path. Follows suit. It's on my wall. I got it a couple weeks ago, and, it, and it's pretty helpful. One of the guys she talks about talks about how he has like four things a year, had that yes. one big thing. No, it's like four. Is these four trips a year? Whoa. I don't know what it is. And they do one big thing a year. So, yeah. So he is the one big thing. Yeah. yeah. And this other guy is like, well, that's just not enough. He's like, we do these four, I forget what the four months are called, but it's like, yeah. So I have heard that. And so you yeah, have been asking people what they want to do in 2024. Uh, I just sit in ultra, so I'd probably consider that mind of this year. Next year, I don't know. Yeah. Wait, it ultra marathon, hundred. I did thirty one miles. Fifty k. Fifty k. Anything over twenty six is technically so long. Yeah. Now I was in the Kierland. Yeah. Yeah. The thing there, through the woods was all oh, really cool. Hills. Yeah, dude. Oh, I just a video. That's like, no joke. Yeah, it's like it's a. Uh, it was a trip, like six hours to six hours and twenty two minutes. Yeah, yeah, cool. Oh, my phone. Hey, oh, oh, I'm yeah. gonna show me how the head. No, no, no. The bus show you got. Just in some B-roll, Mary. You know, I'll show the people what's up for us to get. Um, all right. So, so let's 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 push forward a little bit here with. Uh, let's just talk about a time that you were. It's, I don't care who you are. You've gone through something like this. Client share. We're going to talk about what all happened. Yeah, I think mine is pretty simple, but I'll give a little bit of a backstory to how I got there. When I was about 10 years old, I know exactly Unfortunately, my aunt passed away with colon cancer. And I remember my two cousins losing their mom. And just thinking to myself, y'all were really not communicated when you're that young. But if I had lost my mom, like I wouldn't know what to do. I really would I wouldn't have. Like my my dad would get into the provider, but he did hug us and like love us the way my mom did like you show us compassion and some of the things that she taught us. And that's not saying that he was bad. Like he was doing his job, but you lose that and you lose almost a piece of who you are at a very young age. And I couldn't fathom that. And when I got into my early twenties, I started shooting blood and like having some really big props that I didn't know. Like again, as a guy, I didn't know anybody to talk to. So kind of just hit it for a while and that's why I think I drank a lot because it was just like high pain and then masking some other things going on in my life and my darkest I would say 
let me, let me preface this with on the outside. And this is, this is probably a lot of people out there. Nobody would have ever known. Like I had, a, I was all making like 85 K out of college. I was about to date a girl that I've been in love with pretty much my whole life. I was traveling. I was doing a lot of stuff that I wanted to do, but on the inside, like I was dying. I thought I was like, I almost didn't want to live. I was making weight. Yeah. Pain. I was sick. I mean, there you people get photos. Like I was really pale. I like people would be like, you're facing something. Are you okay? Like that me a couple times. And that was when, so when I, I didn't really, my lowest point I would say is when I, when I moved in with my now wife and she looked at me, it was like, you need to get out. What year was it? 2016. Oh, yeah. She was like, tell her that you have, you're sick. And so again, backstory, I have celiac disease. I didn't know it at the time. I was suffering from anxiety, depression, uh, irritable bile syndrome. I was afraid to go to work because on the wood drive to work, there's traffic in Houston. And like, I thought I would have to pull over because like I had shit myself in the past. So living with all this anxiety and I didn't know how to communicate that. Like it was just, it wasn't like I do sauna and ice and red light and get IVs now. Like there's so much I do now as provide disease and remission and I'm much more resilient and more keeps talking about it, which is a huge thing. That's why I do stuff like this is like to tell other people, like tell, like, tell me, like tell somebody, uh, I didn't tell anybody. And then I moved in with her and she's like, you got fucking props, dude. You need to, you need to address these. <laughs> so immediately I was like, okay, you're, you're like the one person I will like bow down to like whatever you say. So I like spent thousands of dollars going to doctors. I got my first colonoscopy, I think at, well, it was even before her, I think I got my first one, but then I got another one. I got an endoscopy and, uh, just started basically refusing to give up. And, um, this one moment, this was the, this was when it flipped. So I, I was suffering and anybody else out there, like, if you know somebody that's suffering with like a gut or, or digestive disease, like it's like the, it's like the worst thing. Like, I, I don't know how to describe it. It's people can't work. Like you literally saw this 24, 25 year old. I was still fit. On the outside, nobody had an idea. Like, dude, you're looking great. Like, you trade me, whatever. But I was going to battle like eight, 10 times a day. And like, I couldn't gain weight. And I felt terrible, had no energy. It was bad. Like, I, my mid 20s, I'm like, I'm going to die. What ended up happening was um, another unfortunate death. My grandfather passed away. Or the funeral, I see my dad's other sister. Unfortunately, she suffers from. Uh, Crohn's and some other issues. And when I saw her, I asked my dad, like, Hey, when did your other sister start having issues? Like, like, it's like, Oh, mid twenties. And it smacked me like a ton of bricks. So I was like, Holy shit. And then I asked like, when did she get cancer? Oh my God. Like within 15 years, I'd be dead. And that, that's why I had told people literally, like, you need to think that finite. So as soon as I bought finite and I zoomed out, I was like, work doesn't matter. All this other bullshit that goes on in my life doesn't matter. I have to solve this problem. I have 
solve my health problem or nothing else will even matter. So I just went all in on it. Like I was reading C she goes on how to read blood, like my own blood work. So I like done my own blood work. I know how to read that. I know uh, the testing, the different tests to get special cell micronutrient tests that showed me that I had an immune response problem worse than cancer patients. And I know this because my dad has cancer and doing the test versus him and, and seeing that like, I'm just like on the outside, pretty fit looking dude. And is that should be his prime, but something that really jacked up on the inside. So I do these analysis and I'm like, okay, I got to supplement with these different vitamins. I can't ingest them because my body is a problem absorber. So I need to get IVs to then help me absorb that. And my two year, two years go by my, well, not, not two years since I found all that out, but like two years since I started understanding the blood work and, and changing things, my markers changed by 20 in the positive direction. I'm about to go do the test actually to make sure that I'm still at in that direction. But to say a long story short, like the darkest moment of my life was really just like understanding that I could, I'm going to die if I don't change. And I think a lot of people don't face that head on versus I am blessed to have inherited my life and coming home to her every day and her basically being like, you like, we do this, you need to change. And I, she also works herself in the same way. So it's very motivating to be with some other person who shows up in a way where they understand because her father died of a heart attack at three and she's getting heart tests done to make sure that uh, hopefully she doesn't have the same fate. So when you're with somebody else, and that's why I say, if you're listening to this, to reach out to people who get it, because there are people who get it out there and you basically become accountability buddies because nobody's going to care about your life as much as you care about your life. But there are other people who understand what it's like to be in your shoes. And there's people, your, your, your friends or your family and don't suffer from those things. They're never, it's egotistical for you to believe that they're others. And that was the problem. I always thought that people should just understand the pain and suffering of not through world. It's bullshit because they're going through their own pain and suffering and their own journey that they're on. And I will hold that against them. Like, oh, you don't, you don't understand is a thing that I just to say all the time. It's a, as a young man, well, of course they don't understand. They have their own shit that they're going on. They have their own problems. Mm -hmm. And like, they're never going to understand because they don't live in my eye. But there's other people out there that if I communicate what I'm going through, that will say, I can have the best with you and like, let's get better together. Yeah, that's, that's gold. Um, for anybody who was saying, I'm going to ask you to replay in your mind, you said, what CJ just said. It's just gold. Appreciate it. It's been a long journey. Leave it. Yeah. I'm sure crazy to say it's been it. I was 15, 16, 15 to 16 years since it like was the, a thing that I was like working through all that shit. Can't believe that. It's been how long, but you said you got the marker test come up next week, right? Is it, and it's got how many points sets? Okay. So I'll give people even a bigger, broader background. So spectra cell migration test, if you score, like it gives you a graph of where you should be at when you're a syringe. So when you're late 20s, early 30s, my my number should have been around 70, I believe. And I scored in the low 40s. Anybody below like 30 is like 
you need you like you have to go get real real help. Like you need to be in the first like something's bad is really going on. Yeah. And then like people at their 60s, 70s, 80s, they're still supposed to be in a 60 point age. You don't drop off that much at age. Your immune it's basically your immune response to show like if you got really sick, would you survive? That's pretty much what it, it says. What it's giving you, and then it also gives you antioxidants and vitamins that you're lacking in. And for me, I was deficient in glutathione, which is the number one antioxidant. I'm going to describe what antioxidants are. You go look it up. Everybody probably does what ChatGPT is. Go look up antioxidants. We all know what vitamins are and how important they are to you. And there was a couple of vitamins that I was low in. So as soon as I started supplementing across to get them, I felt a million times better, which then means my, my body, if something were to happen, I got cancer, I'd be able to fight it off. But the real goal is to, we can't defeat disease, but you could prolong your ability to not get disease. Like, and you can also check for markers to make sure that you catch disease early on. So if you get your blood work and you're like me and you know you have an issue early on, I get my blood work twice a year so that I can catch it. Because especially with cancer, if you catch it early on, in today's day age, you will survive. But if you catch it late, they still don't have a solution for you. So it's like making sure that you're catching it. And for me, first test I did in 20 was in 2020. So it's going to this spring, it'll be four years since I really found a solution that I've been working to improve. And I've had massive changes in my life over four years. But when I said 16, it was like, that was when I was like, I like I had a, t- I had a toilet bomb. Random service, yeah. Like we need to go like probiotics or something, and we need to go to the ga- the gastro, like, and see what's up. And then, of course, I'd go another two years and still be suffering, and I just wouldn't say shit for two more years. But I'd drink more and do some other bad shit, and then I just progressively just picked up the pace. All like I need to change, and then the darkness came about my life, and really kind of made me realize I need to just take this head on, and I need to. If you visit a job, will like complete ownership. And then I get to the point where it was just like, none of these people care about me. I can't expect them to care about me. I still love everybody. But I love myself the most and I've got to handle this shit. That's what I did. On the other side of darkness is lightly. How would you describe as light? How would I describe light? Energizing, energizing. When I mean, there's there's certain points throughout the year, it only happens like two or three times, where I get sick. I'm like holy shit, this used to be every day. It helps me have more sympathy and empathy for other people because I realize that most people are just walking around sick. So if they snap at me or if something happens and I don't like the response. I kind of view it in a way these days where it's just like, they're just not right, right at the point. They're not at peace. They don't have the energy. So then it helps me be like, well, how do I help? How do I help? Because we should, in my mind, everyone should wake up, fired the fuck up. Or don't, should be fired up. You know, I'm alive. <laughs> so can we do that? Can we do good? Yeah, and graceful. But when you're, yeah. When you feel suffocated, it's hard to do that. So it's like, how do you get people out of that suffocation? Usually it's, it will 
what's holding you back in the first place. And usually you got to point the finger at yourself and help people understand that putting yourself finger at the side at yourself is not bad of it. On a namely like you're a bad human being. It's just like you play a part in your story. Until you own that, the good and the bad, you're going to stay in the dark. But the light is energizing, like to the point where it's Monday, it's after 8 p.m. I could do this for another five hours. I'm not going to do that, but I could. And then I'm going to go home, rest up, do it again tomorrow. And I should go over and over. Well, I did. Yeah. That's. Now, uh, how do people, well, we got we to talk about this. We got to talk about this. And then I got one final question to ask them more about Let's do it. So just tell the people about what you got going on, about your ecosystem, your world you're creating, if you don't mind. Yeah, so, because <laughs> it's, it's, it's important. Yeah, and I, I think to, because there's a lot that I do on a, on a daily basis, Thing that I always try to instill at other people is to read, read books and listen to podcasts, listen to more podcasts like this. That's what helped me understand what I could potentially get my hands into in the world. You don't know what you don't know is I always say. And until I started learning about all the intricacies of the business world, I was selling myself short. So my strength and go back to like people and kind of seeking ADHD, understanding that like I have this need ability to just break the energy. Well, what type of career path is great for that? And like even within that career path was the different projects I should be working on. So my podcast is going on four years, Throw My Life podcast. Uh, I've been doing social media, so Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, you name it for a decade now for some of those platforms. Again, the content that I produce is really just about building a community, making connections, helping other people grow and my lifestyle design, like what life do I want to live? And I want to share that with other people. Um, I built a brand called Thrive on Life because of my father's, I mean, my wife's father died at that same class. Like we both wanted to create something more and that's what, that's how Thrive of Life was born. So make every heartbeat count is what I say that I have a tattoo of heart heartbeats on me. Their finance stuff makes me realize like any given moment, like, am I living the way that I want to be living? And what Thrive on Life really is, is just a personal brand that has helped me connect with other people that and believe in the same thing. Um, I'm an athlete. So I compete in something called High Rocks. I've done 12 of them now, just did my first ultra. That has let me down the world with me, like working with brands and being sponsored by different brands, um, clothing brands, hats, products, you name it. Um, I've done a little bit of micro investing in different companies. Uh, I've done private money lending. Uh, I'm really big into you mentioned credit, credit card hacks. Like I just earned companion pass I get through the third time with my wife and I. Uh, so she flies for free with me on Southwest, which is huge. You gotta be a son. Plays that up when you keep adding to your family. Um, I coach young entrepreneurs, typically men um, who are seeking 
to live somewhere like that. I live, uh, the biggest one I've ever had is been in real estate, purchasing a house here at Austin, Texas and selling that and then reinvesting that into the property I have now and several other things. Um, shout out to our good friend, Ian Groves. Ian Groves, man. Uh, love it. But, uh, yeah. Me. That that's the stuff. Like that's the one I do is is less what I care about you understanding. It's more why I do it. Why I show up every day is where I sure it says one percent better. I come from a small town and I always wanted more. And what I realized really quickly when I got outside of that was all I really wanted was more for myself. And if I earned more for myself, it meant that I can give more to the people around me. And that doesn't have to be modest money. It doesn't have to be material. I don't a lot of it is experiences. I mentioned the ultra I ran with my buddy, Jeff McSweeney, shout out Jeff. He, I built it since I was 10 years old as well. And, uh, after just hit him a hug afterwards and him being like, man, like, thank you for challenging me to do this. He'll never forget that moment. Neither will I, cause she'll stick in another, but like doing that with other people, like. I mean, that cost us the flight and whatever it cost to enter, but, uh, I didn't give him anything. I'd made it suffer with me. And that was super special. Like that's what thrival life is about is asking yourself if today is my last day or something I ask other people is just like, could you do, you only had 10 days. How would that change your next 10 days? Right. You'd really start thinking like, well, what are they doing? And so it's a powerful question. You only had 10 days rather than 10 years. How would that change your action that you take? And I care more about you knowing that about me than like what I do. Uh, but I always want to be clear that if you're an entrepreneur and you need help starting project or business or get connected with people that understand that, or you just want to understand money and how to make money in different ways. I love that conversation. Because the more people that understand how to get 1% better themselves, health, wealth, happiness, the more that they spread it to more people's top great energy in life we're talking about. And well said. Well said. Yeah. Hell yeah. Oh, Pro pros. We were at the southern there. Forgive me. These folks. All right. We were garage door. Okay. And they said, she opened it closed. What are you doing? Um, I got to ask, I was at the right this. So, this, so what do you want a person alive today that you want to have a So there's this thing, Mixon, Gary V. Uh, he was at Talk That Town here. And you had the opportunity to go up to it at the Hunters? Yeah. And I didn't go up to it. And the reason I didn't go up to it is because I I want to be fretted. Not necessarily a huge fan of because I don't truly know whoever it is that I see. If I read a book about somebody, if I see a YouTube video, I don't truly know who that person is or how we would connect in an environment like what we saw. 
So when you ask me the question of like, who would I want to meet that's alive? It puts it in the context of like, who are, who are you a really big fan of? And there's not a single person in my mind that I would be like, I would drop everything to like fly and go meet this person. Now, if you were to frame it, who would you want to build a deeper relationship with? There's one person on earth. It's obviously outside of It would be both my parents. It would be, it would be both of them because again, going back to the finite amount of time, that's why I think my wife and I are looking to make a move this closer to her mom and then my parents as well. I don't know how much time we have and I don't really know who they are then. Like we, like a lot of us don't, if you live here, then like you don't really, and it's hard to get to know them when you are traveling on vacation or like they come in for a call. It's, it's hard to do. It's all, it's surface level. And it, right. So I just had that realization, like over the past couple of years, I think a lot of it has to do with going back to Justin. It's right. I mean, you've heard him like, he talks about it. Tom Dilly talks about it. Like, if you always see them twice a year or once a year, like you're only seeing your parents like 20 more times. You're yeah, 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 yeah. What's the name talks about? Yeah. So I heard that the first time I heard that was in 2018. And it really started to make me think. And then my parents, when they would come out and I would see them, I noticed that they were getting older. And a single time, because we see them every six months, dude. Right? So if you're listening to this and that's you, you start to realize like, holy crap, like, like, like it's crazy and when you look back at when i look back at my life hopefully i live into my 80s 90s and reach 100 do i want to say that i took an effort to get to know them more or i think a lot of people follow it too like post arriving celebrities and other people i spend too much time worrying about that rather than circle right around that i think you really learned about so I didn't mean to butcher your question, but it's, it's something that I thought about a lot. It's very used to the hat. My son ate it and that has been on my mind. It's like, how do I spend more time with it? And my wife's mom and their side, that side of the family. Uh, we have two nephews. We look into get, uh, our son with them, hang out with them. And then I'm sure, um, my other brother and sister-in-law are going to have children and how we get even closer to that in our future it's just like i talk when i think about the time that i would have spent it a lot of it had to do with those people but uh is there anybody in the business space that has similar values as you you'd like to connect to right during work um you'd like to ping pong mastermind if there's somebody that I can get, then I'd like to get asked to like a retreat or like a fun thing. But that was Richard Ritz. Richard Ritz. Yeah. In a Uh, do you read his book? It's like losing my virginity. And he has nothing to do with like sexual virginity. As it's like talks about virgin, his company. That man just lived so many stories. And you're just like, it's almost like he did business the right way. He didn't have to ask backwards where it's like, we're going to make these businesses to like 
commercialize all these things and make a ton of money. And I'm sure that was on the forefront of his mind, but it was, it was more so because he thoroughly enjoyed just doing the damn thing every day and having a fucking good time doing it. So you appreciate it. Oh yeah. Yeah. Energy and light. Bring the energy because you love it. So like, I don't need to be a billionaire. Like, am I going to openly say that? There's other people out there. It's like, I need to be a billionaire, which is cool for them too. But understanding who you are and what you want to be, and respecting other people for bringing that to the world. It's like, I would love to be at an event where he's throwing it because I know it's probably going to be a hell of an event. It's going to be fun in the right way. Like, I'm going to be able to talk business the whole time and I'm probably going to be like doing call plunges out on the beach or doing some crazy thing that they, they have going on rather than in a suit, in a stuffy. What are they calling them? Uh, one of the big rooms hotels. Oh, stars are in concert on that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I want to be there. I just don't. No way. So there was one person in me. Yeah. It'd be cool to go. This this I'll have to live wall. Preach, preach my own, uh, drink my own Kool-Aid. You'll make it happen. <laughs> well, looks, um, it's the real part of what's your biggest takeaway that I ask this question on that, uh, on my podcast all the time. So it's something that I think we just talked for, for a while about and green still called the two goals right now, uh, building a second brain which talks about like organizing your thoughts and ideas and then hyperfocus. And both of them have this state of like how to dissect what you've done to make things more comprehensive so that you could tailor what do you take action on that. So what we talked about tonight on your end, what was the biggest takeaway? Yeah. Um, drawn out life goals on bigger platform than say they favor tellable. Um, Wayboarding and perhaps I want to add something to that. Do it with someone else. Yeah, someone else you care about and they care about you because they're going to challenge you a little bit. Like, are you sure that's what you want? Or they'll ask questions that'll make you even think a little bigger to like get to that that point. What do you mean by that? What does that look like exactly? And when you have that person and you do, just it also makes it more just the point of everything. I believe it's. What are you even doing, bro? If you will find Instagram is the easiest way at cj.finley, F-I-N-L-A-Y. Just DM me. And if you listen to this, send me an audio or a video message because that gets my attention. I do that to other people yeah. a lot and I get other people sending me video or audio and like, if that's just cool, it's a better relationship because I can hear your voice or I can see your face and it's just like, that's what we're meant to do this soon. It's not meant to just sit here. It's what we're about. Oh, shit. Shit. Well, folks, I'm sure that uh, you've got some gold nuts from this just as much as I did. It's been uh, incredible. Yeah, thank you so much. Appreciate it. I can't. We'll ask God about time any other way. Right. I appreciate all of you. Thank you for listening to this. And look forward to catching you next time. Till next time. Cheers.